coming up. How did the D-backs blow that finale against the Giants? And is Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies starting to regret the Chris Bryant signing? Breaking it all down for you next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work. From my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners. Sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. We're going to be talking with Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies as to why they haven't fired Bud Black yet. Only one postseason win in like 15 years as a manager, and does he regret the Chris Bryant signing? But let's first start with his D-backs finale against the Giants because the D-backs bullpen blew this game against the San Francisco Giants. That's that's the bottom line. The D-backs blue the D-backs bullpen blew this game. I almost said blue pen because that's what this. You know what? You know what? I might have just stumbled a Freudian slip. I might have just stumbled into a new nickname for this D-backs bullpen, the blue pen, because all they do is blow games and they blew another one tonight. But saying it out loud sounds really stupid, so you probably won't go with that name. But the D-backs bullpen just couldn't come through and. Say it ain't so, Joe, because Joe Mantiply is the main culprit as to why the D-backs lost. He gives up a two-run shot in the eighth inning, and that changes the ball game because it ties it up after another just close, locked game between these two teams. Mantiply gives up the tying shot to the San Francisco Giants, Darren Ruff, and it is not, it's the worst outing of Mantiply's season so far. I mean, I retweeted a stat today by Mantiply. He had the longest streak of most consecutive appearance without a walk in not just the major leagues of all time by a left-handed pitcher. He had the MLB record most consecutive appearance without a walk by a left-handed pitcher. He had that record going into tonight's game. And guess what? That record is going to stay alive, but he was also elite at not allowing runs to score this season his ERA was like a 1.2 coming into tonight's game and the D-backs have been one of the best teams at not allowing inherited runners to score and he didn't allow an inherited runner to score but he did allow his own runners to score as he allowed three earned runs total because of Sean Poppin wasn't able to do a too good of a job either in the ninth inning. And really, when you look at this D-backs bullpen, who Tori Lavello tried out tonight, like there's no qualms. There's no, there's no, what are you doing, Tori Lavello? There's no criticism of who Tori Lavello choose, 
who Tori Lovello chose to use out of his bullpen because he went with Kyle Nelson, Mantiply, and Sean Poppin. Probably the three most trustworthy D-backs relievers. At least in terms of ERA, I think they have the three best ERAs on this D-backs bullpen. And maybe you can make the argument that they're overworked if you had a criticism for Tori Lovello. But at the end of the day, it would just bad Mantiply, bad Sean Poppin. And that's a rare occurrence for them. But at least the D-backs had already secured the series win. And they didn't need this game, even though every win is important. And it would have been good for the D-backs. Morale would have been a clean sweep of NL West rival, the Giants. I don't think you need this game after winning a series and getting a little bit back on track. But it would have been nice to get Merrill Kelly that win, who went six and a third. He had a little bit of command issues, three walks allowed, labored a little bit, but had a great, uh, had a very good game overall. It almost turned to a bad game, but thankfully we had some fan interference that took away that home run, helped out the D-backs, and I think it was retribution for that Cooper Hummel play last night where that almost catch turns into a base hit for the other team and they get an automatic run. This ends up taking two runs away from the Giants, so I think that was retribution. But I am sad Merrill Kelly didn't get a chance to get a win. And from the D-backs, offensively, Dalton Varsho quiet in this one. 0 for 4, Christian Walker 0 for 3 as well. But hey, we got to give props to Christian Walker and Ketel Marte for that ninth inning for the bats that they put together. I really felt like the D-backs might have a chance to put it all together in that ninth inning and complete the rally, get the comeback, get the walk-off. But... You know what? I didn't feel good when Jordan Luplo entered the game. I wanted David Peralta in that situation. David Peralta is arguably the clutchest guy in the D-backs, probably behind Ketel Marte. But David Peralta's right there. Runners in scoring position, high leverage moments like David Peralta is very good. I think we talked about this on the pod a couple days ago. So, yes, I know Jordan Luplo has been really good in pinch hit situations. I know he has double-digit home runs, but... I think I'm just trusting David Peralta. I'm trusting my guy there. And that's that's a Toy Lovello thing where I disagree with him, where he's playing the matchup too much. That's where I'm like, okay, I'm just going with my gut, and I'm just trusting a guy who's come through for me many times in a big moment. Yeah, I could go with Jordan Luplo and play the splits, but I think I'm going to go with what my heart and my gut say and just go with a veteran who has done for me all season. So I think I would have gone with David Peralta in that situation instead of a Jordan Luplo. But D-back still four for eight on the night with runners in scoring position and they score five runs so I think that is now six straight games for the D-backs with at least five runs scored their longest streak of the season the longest streak before this was four which they did two other times so now they're at six games so the D-backs offense is heating up and now they're going to play the Colorado Rockies and we're going to talk about the Rockies and some of their weaknesses with Paul Holden next but before we get there and I'm not even doing an ad read just yet because I first need to hand out the three moons of the three moons of the game of course we hand out three stars after wins but or the opposite of stars moon so after losses we hand out three moons of the game i think the first moon of the game has to go to mantiply mantiply you've been great all season i don't have any criticism for you you're you are allowed to pass okay you get a hall pass on this game we're not going to hold it against you you've been so fantastic this season you're allowed one bad, bad outing so it's okay mantiply this one is not on you but unfortunately you do get a moon second moon of the game i'm gonna give to sean poppin who was not able to keep this a tie game sean poppin came in and gave up the lead and he's supposed to be one of the trustworthy guys that the d-backs have as well so I'm going to have to give Sean Poppin 
um, unfortunately, one of the moons. And then I think the last moon of the game, this one's a little bit tougher to decide. But um, I, I probably will give it to Dalton Varsha just because he basically didn't do anything tonight outside of some great defensive plays. Don't get me wrong. He had that one catch in the outfield, but at the plate, he just didn't do anything. 0 for 4. Pretty much every other D-back had like a run scored, a hit, or at least a walk. Dalton Varsha was the only guy who didn't do anything at the plate. So I got to give him the third moon of the game. Now, we'll actually talk to Paul Holden about the Rockies and why I'm going to bet on them to finish last place in the NL West. But if you want to place that same bet, you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's get into that pod with Paul Holden. Paul, how you doing today, sir? We got a nice little matchup coming up between our two teams. I'm uh, I'm excited. I mean, I, as much as I want to say I feel great about my baseball club, that's not necessarily where I'm at in the season. But Diamondbacks Rockies is always fun. I think you can always guarantee some game where it's going to be like this is kind of boring up until the fourth, and then it's going to end something like an eight-six ball game with four home runs hit in the final frame. So. Well, at least uh, I'm I'm somewhat okay. Chris Bryant's back in the lineup consistently. <laughs> yeah, and I want to ask a little bit about Chris Bryant. But, yeah, the D-backs in these Rocky series have been interesting. The D-backs took this first series two out of three, and then the Rockies came back in the second series and took two out of three. And I think both of them kind of had, like, the same beats where it was like what you said, maybe you started the game slow, and then all of a sudden we see maybe an offensive explosion late. And we usually see the two teams, like, change leads where one team will go up and then maybe another team takes over in the seventh inning. And a lot of the games have had a lot of drama. They've pretty been pretty interesting. I remember back in that first series, I think Mark Melanson had a had a, a Saturday night where he could shut down the Rockies for D-backs mm-hmm. when you guys come back against him in the ninth inning. So I think this will be another game where there'll be a lot of fireworks and be pretty close. But overall, though, how are you just enjoying the season, Paul, as a Rockies fan? Are you enjoying the season a little bit more than last season? I just want to know overall how your psyche is right now. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I, I I had bet I had higher hopes for this Rockies team. As we talked about the last time we did a crossover, we talked about our roundtable spot. I went into this season really believing in um, some of the stuff that the Rockies did. Not all of the stuff the Rockies did, but but some of it. Uh, obviously, Chris Bryant being injured for most of the season, you can't really control that. It got worse than 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 we thought. But this Rockies starting pitching staff has really put a damper and it's headlined by Herman Marquez, who I thought this year, I thought uh, this was my big, I I didn't put it out there too much, but my, my big, bold, hot take that I wanted to say before the season started was Herman Marquez was going to throw the next no hitter in Colorado Rockies history this season, Mm. leading to a back-to-back all-star game appearance for him. And this if, if we there was a piece in the Colorado Springs Gazette, I think today or yesterday, and it was saying that uh, as my uh, dog is loves to get fired up about uh, Rocky's pitching talk. But yeah. um, if the season was to end today, 
Uh, two Rockies pitchers, uh, Herman Marquez and Austin Gomber, would finish with their career worst ERAs. And if then uh, behind that, two other Rockies starters would finish with their second career worst ERAs in Kyle Freeland and Antonio Senzatella. And now this is a Rockies team that doesn't hit a home run. The Rockies have gotten over 40% of their home runs from two players this year. The Rockies only have two players that have hit more than 10 home runs this season. And while it's been great to see CJ Crone be one of the best first basemen in baseball and Charlie Blackman, still a effective contributor for this Rockies team, I can't help but say there's a lot to be disappointed by. There's there there is still some stuff to be encouraged by by the Rockies and enjoy and and you kind of get that there's still pieces to like. But we're 11 games below 500, fighting a basement war against the Diamondbacks. Is there really anything that that's sitting there saying I'm this excited about the Colorado Rockies right now? And I don't think the return of Chris Bryant's enough. Yeah, and the interesting thing about the Rockies pitching is because we all know about Coors Field, like you go there, your offense is going to be phenomenal, right? But when you actually look at the Rockies pitching splits, like I just saw it, they, they have like a five ERA at home and a four, nine, seven ERA on the road. Like they're literally the same pitching staff, both home and away. So you couldn't even make the argument if you want to, to say, you know, it's Coors Field, Hermaine Marquez, he's still been great outside of the stadium. He's still been great on the road. He just getting lit up at home, you know, just getting lit up at home. That's not really his fault, but it does seem like it's part of his fault. And so as a Rockies fan, like, are you looking toward the pitching coach? Are you looking toward Bud Black? Like, who's kind of the person you're putting the blame on? Because it doesn't seem like you could blame Coors Field. The, the splits are the same, whether it's home or away. And like you said, you thought this was going to be the year where Hermaine Marquez maybe took that step in his development. And we haven't seen it. Guys like Kyle Freeland, they were good in 2020. They've taken a step back. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen a ton from Austin Gomber in terms of positive success. But I don't think you acquired him because you thought he was a bad pitcher. Like, you thought he was going to be good and it hasn't happened either for him so why do you think this pitching staff has struggled so much who do you look at to blame i think the pitching coach needs to go i think hmm. the whatever the the the, the status whatever change because i think the, this is a, a new a new look for the pitching coaching staff of the rockets i think they do i think they did make a change and bud black is a pitching first manager that's this thing i i don't know if bud black is the one to to to, to hold responsible but we i do have to sit here and say Bud Black's teams have not been the most offensively great teams. And, and now we're seeing what he's supposed to be a guru at the pitching has completely fallen apart. And these are all pitchers the Rockies have committed to extended Marquez, extended Sensatella, traded their franchise player for Austin Gomber, who uh, was in the bullpen secretly. Like th this is a story that I, I feel like hasn't been talked about enough. The Rockies traded Nolan Arenado for Austin Gomber, and not even two seasons later, they've already, if there wasn't an injury to Senzatella, if there wasn't an issue with the rotation, Gomber is already in the bullpen. And that is not what you trade Nolan Arenado for. And, and, and my, my one thing I will say, I think Kyle Freeland's stats are misleading this year in the fact that his defense has let him down in multiple games where they have booted balls, errors, uncharacteristic Rockies defense has plagued, especially during Friedland starts, but he's also given up the long ball that he's had a history of doing. And he still has the second highest ERA of his career. So it's obviously not all of that, but I think Freeland is the one where you can kind of look and say, I'm not going to be as upset as I am when it comes to the rotation as I am with Marquez, Sensatella, and, and Gomber. Those are the three players that needed to be dominant for the Rockies. And if they're not, the Rockies aren't in good positions. And and Herman's not necessarily getting bit too hard. He gets just bit 
badly. It's the home run. He's giving up so many more home, his home run pace. He, he's on pace to give up more home. He's, I, I think I talked about this on my show when I was recording earlier today, if I have the numbers right and I should look them up, but Herman Marquez has given up, I believe 17 home runs this year already in all of 2021, his all-star season, 21 home runs in the entirety of the season. And that even came with a big influx at the end of the season, because most of the time he was dominant at keeping uh, batters off. There has been a massive regression for the Rockies pitchers that pitch to contact like Senzatella and Gomber a little bit as well. They, 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 they are not, they are not getting weak contact. People are blasting Rockies pitching. And, and even if they're loud, they're, they're outs, but they're loud outs. They are balls in the zone that are getting absolutely hammered, but not enough. You know, they're just missing it or whatever. Um, the exception being though, the Rockies do go out, take a flyer on a vet and Chad cool has been a yeah. great pitcher for the Rockies. I mean, a couple of bad starts, but had arguably one of the great Rockies pitching Chad cool now gets to etch his name in one of the greatest Rockies pitching performances of all time. When he goes for a complete game, shutout three hit shutout of the Dodgers. I mean, that that's something that the, that hasn't been done in a long time, especially at Coors field with this Dodgers team. That has been great. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, for, for me, when I really look on the disappointment of the season, the, the, the two big things, the pitching staff and the bad defense, uh, the Rockies being uncharacteristically bad on defense has really hurt them. And the offense has been something we were worried about before and not, I think with Chris Bryant coming back, we'll see more improvements of and, and some players are going to contribute. But uh, if you're talking about moves and changes that need to be made with the Rockies, it, the, the pitching, whatever, whatever changes, whatever ideas they brought for as a pitching staff, in this offseason into this year, it needs to be thrown out and needs to be started all over. You need to go back to Herman and say, what was working last year? So it doesn't feel like, you know, entering this season because the Rockies, you know, talked a lot about the World Series and being potential, you know, championship contenders. It doesn't feel like this is the final year of Bud Black, but I don't know. Like, do you think this could be a make or break season for Bud Black if the Rockies finish last? I only ask this because if you look at Bud Black's, like, managerial record he only twice in his like 15 year career has he won at least 90 games he's never won more than 91 games and he has one postseason win in his entire managerial career i don't understand how he's been a manager this long he literally has no track record of success under his belt well it's loyalty and it's he gets to say I was the Rockies manager that brought the team to back-to-back postseason appearances. Whether you want to consider wildcard games uh, a postseason appearance or not, this is a guy that gets to say that he led a successful stretch of Rockies baseball, but he's also marked with the fact that he gets to be a manager of arguably some of the most disappointing stretches of Rockies baseball. This is a Rockies team that should have been better under Bud Black's tenure. This is a Rockies team that should have made the playoffs three years in a row in 2019, bought at the deadline, invested in Nolan Arenado. And at this point, I don't know. I mean, manager is such a weird thing, but I, at this point it's deeper than just Bud Black that there needs to be a full organizational structural cultural shift for the Rockies. And starts with the owner and and as long as dick momfort's in charge i don't he's gonna keep bud black i mean it's buddy black you know he's a big smile he's the guy he's gonna tell the media the same seven cliches over and over again he's a guy's guy it's is firing bud black and getting a new manager really gonna help the rockies compete with the padres the diamondbacks the giants and the padre and and the dodgers i i don't really think so I, i i it's it's a 
you need to change your whole philosophy as an organization. And I think a manager could, could help usher in that new era, but it's, it's much, much deeper than just Bud Black. Okay. I want to ask you also about Chris Bryan because he was expected when he was signed, he was expected to maybe bring some jewelry to the fingers of Rockies owners um, maybe this season, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. But if you want to add jewelry, if you need a, you know, a little ring for that special someone in your life, do you know where you have, where, do you know where you have to head paw? BlueNile.com. That's going to be my guess. Yes, Blue, you you got to head it. You got to head to BlueNile.com. You got to write Paul because BlueNile.com is the best place if you need that special something for that special someone in your life. Because whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. BlueNile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bent jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind, just like her. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown listeners. Get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKDOWN. That's code LOCKDOWN. Plus, every order is insured, shipped free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. was a struggle of an ad read but let's get back into it let's talk about the pod and baseball you know we're not here to talk about jewelry but please head to bluenow.com to get your jewelry if you need something for that special someone in your life but paul right now that special someone in your life doesn't seem like it's chris bryant because chris bryant i mean the numbers actually aren't terrible for chris bryant i think the numbers that you really don't like to see are probably the games played and just the power department so What's been up with Chris Bryant? Because I haven't followed him too closely. Like, why has he played this only like 30 games this season? What was up with him earlier in the year? A back injury keeps him out of the lineup for much longer than we thought. And I don't know necessarily diving deeper into what actually caused that injury. It seems to trickle down to sleeping wrong on it. And then comes back, tries to make a stint off the IL. And he was not able, he was pained. It was a painful experience for him. And honestly, probably was something that prolonged this experience. But that's that it was a back injury. And uh, what, what can you do? I mean, I, I think some people on in the Rockies Twitter sphere are very critical of Chris Bryant, especially at this point. He hits his first home run on July 5th. I even kind of made a tongue in cheek comment about it as well. You got to kind of take a little bit of a grain of salt that the health was a back injury. Like, you know, sometimes you got to throw your hands up and especially he trained, he came in and he slept wrong. Basically, you know, what are you going to do there? But the back is a very important part of, everything you do in baseball so it's not one you're necessarily gonna be able to rush back or play through if you can't swing a bat but when we've seen chris bryant on the field yes the lack of power has been bad but for this rockies team i don't care if chris bryant hits a dink dunk single like he has a million times what seems like this season if it scores runs i don't care if there's a runner on third and he drives a weak single over in there, that's fine. But I think now that he hit a home run and it didn't go far over the wall, but he he went he went yard in the deepest part of Dodger Stadium uh, there for the for his first home run. That could be a signal to get back. That could be a massive swing for the Rockies. Too little, too late. I don't think uh, 
the Rockies have to go on an insane stretch and have to dominate the NL West to get the to get their eyes on that third wild card spot. And, and the Rockies have the second hardest schedule in all of baseball coming up for the rest of the season behind the Red Sox. Basically, the second half of the season is a couple of other games sprinkled in there, but you're playing your division. The, the, the Rockies didn't play the division hardly at all in the first half of the season. So you're going to have these stretches like we're seeing now. Dodgers Diamondbacks backed up with Dodgers Diamondbacks, you know, so it's, is, is Chris Bryant going to be enough to navigate that gauntlet? No, but the Rockies are going to score more runs. Chris Bryant. I I have Chris Bryant finishing with a fine 280 batting average, double digit home runs, solid RBI numbers for his things. I think he's going to contribute, but again, it's, it's not enough one. And that's a big commitment for, especially when you look at where you were relatively recently as a team, how are you going to use the strengths of Chris Bryant and build around it. And just by, we, we know that just adding Chris Bryant into this lineup, isn't going to change everything because the Rockies have lost back-to-back games against the Dodgers. And that's the biggest barometer. Can you beat the best in your division? And right now the Rockies, the Rockies have played the Dodgers well this year, but right now it hasn't made a difference in the past two games. So how are you feeling about that commitment to Chris Brown right now? Are you already having maybe some regrets or like, let's just keep waiting and seeing because he's been so hurt this year? Or are you like, you know what? That trade deadline's only a few weeks away. We're the last place team in the NOS. Maybe Chris Bryant, while he's still in his prime, has the most value right now. It's a double-edged sword because Chris Bryant is a great player. He's going to make a great impact, and he committed to the Rockies. He went out. He signed the big deal. He said, I want to play in Colorado. And and I think that, again, when he's in the lineup, the Rockies become a much more interesting team. But I'm a broken record, and I I do this over and over again. But, again, I want the Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, DJ LeMahieu team that very, very, very much could have been – the team of right now, the team that would be playing for uh, the, at their best, the team that's been playing together for a bit, a prime Rockies team. I, I think it's too early to sit here and say I have complete Chris Bryant remorse, but it's an eight-year contract for a huge slice of pie. What this tells me, though, and what the, what I want the future of this to be is the Rockies can no longer hide behind small market. The Rockies can no longer sit here and say that they are on the same par as, say, the Diamondbacks. They are a top 10 team in attendance when they are 11 games below 500. Coors Field is going to have more play or more fans than competitive teams throughout most of the season. And you showed a commitment to say, we're going to sign Chris Bryant to a big deal. We're going to extend Senza, Freeland, McMahon, Diaz, Crone. We're going to spend all this money. Now it's time to beef it up and spend more because you're making the money and you can attract certain types of players to come in. The bigger free name, uh, if you can get Chris Bryant to come to Colorado, why can't you get xyz to come to colorado to beef up if you really want to buy and if you really want to be to say that you're going to contend because the narrative is 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 not going to work for rockies fans true rockies fans know that this team is not competitive right now true teams know that the rockies are not avoiding a rebuild or all this stuff we're not blind this is not a team that's poised to win there's not there's interesting pieces in the farm system sure but who's going to pitch? Where's your depth? We we've already we, this year has exposed the starting pitching uh, in a huge way. So how are you going to improve on that? And and again, doubling down, locking in, and saying going into the trade deadline as the Rockies and not selling is a bad move. 
There's no reason why the Rockies shouldn't try to build around Chris Bryant still being there, but your other exciting pieces because this team right now isn't going to compete. The Dodgers and all these other teams are far and away a better club. And if you're not going to, if you believe you're a draft and develop team, then you got to sell at this deadline and get the haul because now you have multiple pieces. You're in another situation for the Rockies where you have an interesting trade deadline uh, uh, where you can have multiple pieces that you could move on from and get a haul from. I actually just did a crossover with Locked On uh, MLB prospects, and Lindsey Crosby thinks that CJ Crone can get you, uh, you know, if you're going after someone like into Tampa Bay, you might be able to get their third best prospect, a, a pitcher there uh, for someone like CJ Crone. But what do I think the Rockies are going to do at the deadline? They're going to trade one person for a reliever to Cincinnati, and it's not going to matter, just like they traded Michael Givens last year for nothing. And it's so. The Rockies have so much work to do as a front office organization before, which I think is almost a bigger deal than the product on the field. Yeah. And um, I don't think you want to be, I think the I think the Rockies will probably be sellers at the deadline, but I don't think you guys are going to be the whole blow it up team where you're trading the Blackmans and all those guys. Like if you trade CJ Cron, I think that would be a huge pivot point in that Rockies, you know, it's the Rockies finally admitting and and folding on a season, something they've never done in their entire history as a franchise. But this is the season to do it. You have all these interesting contracts. You're not long committed. As much as CJ, as great as CJ Crone has been, you have Elias Montero up with the team. You one of your top prospects. And what are you expecting him to play when he's at the big league level? First base. So have a, you're 11 games below 500. Send him out there every day as the everyday first baseman and beef up your pitching staff and beat you, beef up your, your prospects for your pitching that you desperately need because what good is C.J. Crone hitting 35 home runs and 100 RBIs for a 12-game below 500 Rockies team at the end of the year? And I remember the point I was going to say now. Uh, you said you made a point about the small market, about how like it, it shouldn't matter because the, the Rockies are top 10 in attendance. I've made this point a lot on my podcast. Like the whole small small market idea is just a fallacy in baseball more than like any other sport. Like in basketball, sure. But in baseball, it's more of an owner with a small market mentality. Because if you got an owner who's willing to spend, pretty much free agents have shown, we'll, we're, we are willing to go anywhere as long as you're going to give me the bag. We saw it with Chris Bryant. We saw it with Carlos Correa. If you have a team willing to spend the money, you can attract free agents it's just whether or not you have the owner willing to spend the money and teams like the rockies teams like the d-backs usually have very cheap owners who are not willing to spend the money so i think really baseball needs to bring in owners who are willing to spend the money and put the best product on the field because i think that's why we have this whole lockout and things because players are like we want to be play uh we want to be paid fairly and we want to be able to play like we don't want all the service time manipulation that's what these front offices were doing because they're such cheap skates that they're trying to push down contracts further down the line and kick the can as long as possible so i think baseball needs to get better owners in the sport because there's no small markets it's only owners with small market mentalities that's it for this edition of the lockdown diamondbacks podcast thank you to everyone who tuned in shout out paul holden of lockdown rockies we got part two with him tomorrow Power ranking the MLB divisions, a very fun pod. And of course, we'll talk about the D-backs versus Rocky series, the first game. So come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. But before we get there, let me actually double check on the D-backs schedule to make sure they got a game on Thursday because I hate saying D-backs play tomorrow and then they do. And then I look like a dummy. So they do play tomorrow. So come back tomorrow. More Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen of the day. Make your second listen Lockdown MLB prospects. MLB draft is around the corner. Lindsey Crosby, the host of that show, is a prospect encyclopedia. So you're going to want to tune into him. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy.
Deuces!